0: Joan Tilton is a master municipal clerk who served as the city clerk for the city of Manteca, California, for 32-plus years. Joan retired in March of 2016 after 35 years in local government. Retirement wasn't long. She's currently serving as the Northwest Clerks Institute Director, the NCI, an international institute of municipal clerks approved certification program that provides a comprehensive curriculum in public administration management also technical skills, and professional and personal development for the municipal clerks and recorders of the states of Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. She has a passion in developing leaders of the future through personal and professional development. Joan continues to work with and train city clerks and others in local government when the opportunity arises. She proudly serves as a core member of California's Master Municipal Clerk Academy training team and is a reformed aerobics instructor, a current CrossFit fanatic, and Level 1 CrossFit trainer. And she's trained for and completed nine marathons with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team in training. All of that, and Joan still considers being grandma to Beckett, Eloise, and Lucas her favorite role yet. Cue my theme song. Here comes Joan. And about Joan. For having me in your home, Joan,
1: you're very welcome. Welcome here to our humble abode.
0: What is this on the table here in front of us? What are we looking at? What is
1: this? This is our cheetah skin rug that sits atop my dining room table.
0: And the head is right there, right there yes. in front of you. We yes, had to po- uh, it was looking at you. So I, it's a bear rug. It's a bear rug, people, but it's on the table, and it's not a bear. <laughs> But it's on the table.
1: But it's on the table.
0: Absolutely. People don't even know what bear rugs are. You know, we're starting to date. Oil lamps and bear rugs and water beds <laughs> are really a, a, a decade, a decades past thing. Not in Ron's world. <laughs> uh, tell everybody who you are, Joan.
1: Well, my name is Joan Tilton. Um, actually, it's Joanne. But somewhere along high school days, uh, friends shortened it, started calling me Joan. And that's how I introduced myself. So it's spelled Joanne, pronounced Joan
0: email it, is Joanne.
1: Yes, exactly. So it, I have an identity crisis, apparently.
0: <laughs> I do this podcast because when I drive through town nowadays, I remember yesterday and yesteryear. And when I see the businesses like George Janice still operating Janice Music or Sean Nussbaum are still operating J&J Printing and the Axlins still on the. I felt like I wanted to set a moment in time for people that are still fighting the good fight for Manteca. Which would be those are the people I think of first, and there's so many. There's going to be 52 by the time I'm done, and we're about uh, we're about promoting the city and the people that should be in the Manteca Hall of Fame or are already in the Manteca Hall of Fame, and so I'm. Going out to folks' houses, and I'm talking to friends and family. And this is sort of like, a, again, if, if someone's not in the Hall of Fame, this would be a great entry into the Hall of Fame in an audio sense. But we're setting a, uh, an audio timeline for what's going on now, like a time capsule. And uh, you <laughs> have always been part of my mantica. I think lots of people think you are part of their mantica. From taking. Uh, uh, fees, you know, being down in the manager's office and just the different places uh, that you dwell down there, you're a constant. And then I hear that you retired. I retired. Yay! You're still a constant <laughs> around there. I bet. <laughs> I kind of am. <laughs> you're still a constant. I don't think you. I don't think you've really washed your hands of that stuff, considering uh, uh, the different things that you're into. Where'd you go to school?
1: So in Manteca, I attended Golden West Elementary School, K through eight. Um, Who was the principal? Mr. Wafford? Okay. And the uh, Lloyd Wafford and the vice principal was Cedric Benjamin. Ooh. Mm,
0: Cedric
2: he, w- he was Benjamin.
1: Tough. Mis- Mr. Wafford got to be the pal, the principal, everyone's friend and Mr. Benjamin was he was the the, the strong arm. And he meant business, but yeah. Um, some of my best teachers there, Doris Landreth, was my second grade teacher, uh, and I've stayed in contact with her up to when she just recently. I was just passed. gonna
0: say, you're probably not in touch with her uh, anymore, not, she's
1: not so much. I think rest, about her,
0: God rest her soul.
1: I, I thought about her thinking about this program, I, I really did and smiled. Um, and also Paul Herkenrath, um, he was my sixth grade teacher, and he was. He was young and he was new. I think I was his, one of his first classes ever.
0: He was still in Shasta school when I was in grammar school. Yeah,
1: he was an awesome teacher. So that was elementary school and then over to Manteca High. Uh, Who was the
0: principal at the time when you went to Manteca High? You remember? Good, great
1: question. Drawing a blank. A lot of life has happened between uh, then and now. (laughs) Yes.
0: So I hear from all your friends. Oh, hold on a second here.
3: My name is Ron Tilton. Yeah. And Joan happens to be my wife. Where'd Uh, you guys meet? Well, that's an interesting story because we met back when I graduated in 76 from Antigua High. Joan happened to be a freshman. I I didn't know her, even though everybody knows everybody at the school. There used to be a little thing at the end of the year that when they had the opening uh, first dance, a lot of the seniors from the year before would go, and my brother Jeff got I, uh had to get a pass, and he got Joan, who was Joan Fells at the time, uh, get me a pass, and uh, haven't been able to get away from her since.
1: You know, we were in the same class together. We knew each other from uh, St. Anthony's as well, uh, going through CCD, going through catechism together. Sure. Um, yeah, and so asked me if I'd get his brother a pass, and really I thought, well, he's probably the last person I'd get a passport. There's some of those other seniors that I you know, graduating seniors that I might, but uh, yeah, life, karma, she's funny.
0: <laughs> I asked your husband what he knows to be true about you.
3: That's a tough one. What do I know to be true? Uh, it wouldn't be her hair color, that's for sure, because that's been, she's had every color you can imagine. What do I know that would be true? I would have to say her kids and her grandkids are her life without a doubt. that's that's a tough one because there's just so many so many true but th- that would have to be it. I mean it, it, you know those are for both of us is just uh, it's what we live for.
0: So kids and grandkids. that's it.
1: Kids and grandkids.
0: Did you live for the city?
1: Did I live for the city? Yeah, I think so. I think my my kids would probably say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I, you know, I was always home every night, but I, I would bring work home at times. And, you know, you come home from the radio station and you're still got the radio station going. Oh, yeah. And a 24 be- 24 hour business, much like a city. I mean, even though you I don't know if, uh, how you were hourly benefits, whatever you're on all the time, right?
1: I was on all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, I it's would hard get, to do.
1: I would get the call at one thirty in the morning from the dispatch center noting a activity of some sort that was usually not good in town. And I would be the one who was asked to call the city council members and advise them. So yeah, that, uh, yes, it was 24 seven.
0: What is the job that you had? What, what, what's your, what if there was a job description in three, four, five bullet points? Cause I know it's a hundred things. What, what are the first three, four, five so things? So
1: that- the, the city clerk, every city has one. Um, by legislation it's in the government code that says you form a city you shall have one of the positions is a city clerk um, the city clerk is the hmm, administrative officer um, making sure the council follows protocols whether they be local state or um, federal working in concert with the city attorney of course um, you're the official historian and record keeper as it were um, and Responsible for elections, chief election official, um, and making sure elections go off without a hitch. Uh, also responsible for helping council members stay on point and be current with um, things that will keep them out of trouble. Um, like so, what? <laughs> um, taking contributions that they should not, oh. or um, gifts. Well, that that's they a, should not, isn't that
0: on that movie? That's on a Kevin Costner movie yes. where he's with Sean Young, and that's how they get the guy, right? They, it, they put the thing in, and it has to be put in the record to say he received a gift, and ap- that
1: Absolutely. Off. So that is where a great deal of time is spent
0: really? for a clerk.
1: Yeah. So also, you're the direct link to the public, which is probably the piece that I liked and disliked the most, depending. Um, you're that connection between uh, the citizen who has an issue and then the, the city council Typically, we could resolve things at the staff level. Sometimes we couldn't, and they wanted to see their, uh, you know, their representative. Um, My high school government teacher, Mr. Connor, would have, had he lived long enough to see me in profession, would have not believed it. Government was not my favorite topic, nor did I ever see myself in any way, shape, or form working in government or politics, and I spent 35 years doing it, much to my
0: surprise. (laughs) Was that the only job you ever had?
1: Yep. Really was. I um, Through high school, I worked out at the school district office as a TAMP in the summertime. Okay. Also worked for my dad at um, uh, Jim Turner, uh, the Pontiac GMC dealership here in town. Worked with my dad um, on summers and things like that, working in the parts department, working in the front office. But my first real job, paying job with benefits, was the city.
0: And your entire life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 19 years old, I was attending Humphreys Business College, and my mother says to me, calls me at work my part-time job in the afternoon the city has an opening in the planning department you should apply i said i'm 19 they're not gonna hire me they hired me (laughs) i started
0: you don't start in parks and rec and move up huh? you just (laughs) go right to the the big bamboo Uh,
1: and had no idea why they hired me i have no idea i think about an interview question they asked me um, until this day and i tell this story when i'm working with other city clerks um the planning director and the HR director were interviewing me. This was for a job in the planning department. The planning director says, so, what experience do you have in planning? And I paused and I said, well, I've planned parties. I've planned travel. I've planned, okay. And they just rolled with it and asked me more questions. It wasn't until I'd been in the position for about a year that I realized, oh my God, they still hired me. I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And the whole, in your Who whole. Knew? You didn't.
1: I had no clue. And I loved it.
0: Is um, there at some point you thought, well, I'm going to do this until I retire?
1: Yes. So. Yeah. But it took me a while. Um,
0: Is, I ha- So it's a bulletproof position at some point because you, every one person gets in control of the whole thing. What are you going to do? Let go well, of that person that knows all of the, one time, where the bodies so, are buried and the secrets. Yes.
1: And- yes. So I would tell you this, um, when I transitioned from planning to the, to administration to the city clerk's office, I had no idea that the position was an elected position and that within six months of taking the position, I would be not only running for re-election, but I would be also be responsible for running the election at the w- wise old age of 23. Again, another moment where I thought, huh, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> it was probably about um, five or six years in as, as the clerk, and I said, yeah, I want to do this, um, and I saw the position in a whole different light.
0: Well, you get to be, you like I said, you get to be there so long yeah. that yeah. you become more than valuable.
1: Well, I I, I would hope so. Um, well,
0: obviously, it's obvious now in retrospect.
1: I will be completely honest. Over the years, while the position was still elected, I had a few elected officials tell me they were going to run someone against me and um, that I'd be needing to find another job. And so that just... Made me dig my heels in a little bit harder and be a little bit better. Start lifting
0: a few more <laughs> weights.
1: Uh-huh. Something like that. Start throwing around some heavy weight. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's where it all began.
0: Karen McLaughlin, she worked with <laughs> you. I don't know if I have her intro. I, I, some of the folks I didn't send the intro piece, so they're supposed to come on at this point and go, hey, I'm Karen and I've known, you know, but no, <laughs> no, I don't have it. So I'm, so Karen, right? Yes. And I asked if she was aware of any work issues ever had a lot of
4: work issues to deal with. Some I'm not sure about sharing for a public podcast, but I know one in particular, um had to do with a certain previous city councilman who has since passed and he was a he was a difficult one. He challenged her on the minutes of the meetings on a regular basis and would Call them off the agenda and want to talk about them to say, Well, you said I said this in the meeting, and that wasn't what my intention was. And she would, right up front, right in his face, would respond and say, I cannot be recording intention. I have to record the actual actions that city council takes. But it, oh my gosh, it made meetings go on forever. He also was one who, Joan used to have to hand deliver agenda packets to the council members' houses before a council meeting. And she went to this same councilman's house in the middle of the afternoon and awkward. He came to the door in his robe and said he was just spending some time with mother who was his wife he referred to and asked if Joan wanted to come in and she I think she literally just dropped the agenda binder on the front porch and ran uh, and went to the city manager at the time and said not doing this anymore so I think from that point forward they had to come in and pick up their own agenda package but she handled it she handled it like a champ
0: and I know exactly who it is but it's not going to be revealed here on this podcast positively (laughs) really that kind of thing happens
1: it absolutely happens Oh, I
0: could tell. It's- Wait, you're the person that's supposed to be the umbrella over this to even monitor stuff like this. Well, yes. HR is probably not a big thing in those days.
1: No, agreed. All right. Different Harassment,
0: role. they didn't have all of that back no. then. So it was a different time. <laughs> but, oh my goodness, what did you think?
1: What did I think? What did you think? I, I wanted to run away <laughs> screaming. My hair was already on fire. But um, <laughs> I thought, what What do you do with this there was a lot of blank staring and learning to bite my tongue and and try to come back with something uh civil which isn't my forte sometimes i i'm a blurt blurter outer
0: <laughs> hey ron what's your what's the song you and uh, joan have between you <laughs>
3: We, we, we didn't have a marriage dance. Okay. We, 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 we got married in, uh, at the Love Chapel, and uh, we run into many, many people who got in Lake Tahoe, uh-huh. got married by Reverend Love. Oh. His license plate said, <laughs> I love. So I tell everybody there is no way that this couldn't work because we got married <laughs> in love.
1: Reverend Love. What year? 1982. Our first dance that i was supposed to get the pass for him at, uh, was freebird the hey in- man. the hey, in- Free Bird. the entire song
0: <laughs> here let me play a piece of that i don't want to get we're not going to fall asleep here but let's let's play a piece That's your first dance song? Oh my
3: goodness. Freebird. Hey dude, play Freebird. You ever watch Joan work, Ronnie? If I don't hold the record, I gotta be tied with who's watched the most uh, city uh, council meetings. And uh, I I enjoyed watching it. Uh, It was interesting to me. And the longest running thing, and, and you may know that, was the Yellow Freight trying to get yellow freight to manteca and that lasted for years he used to make fun of joan because i used to tell her she was like lucy and peanuts in the little stand for five (laughs) cents information because when you're the city clerk no matter where you went in the store and uh, phone calls all day and night you have to sit there and listen to each person and uh what was the gist of the Yellow Freight thing for people that don't know, weren't here? Was it 90-ish? You know, we had a little small town, Manteca, and they wanted to bring their terminal somewhere around the Woodward Avenue area. The big thing was, oh man, the traffic. You know, the people out there have been here forever, which I understand, and if they're still out there, they're probably hoping Yellow Freight would have come because there's a hundred times more traffic. They think uh, Miss City Clerk, Knows all the information, and it just never ends. Uh, anybody who followed that thing, it took many, many years. And uh, Tracy, you know, had arms open. Come over here, and they're there. Tell me about Yellow Freight. What year
0: was that? I have tried to narrow down the year. I didn't go Google search.
1: So yet. I can tell you. Yellow Freight started, I want to say, probably about 85, end of 86. Um, and I know this because... They started coming to council meetings. We started meeting as a staff with representatives from Yellow Freight. I found out I was pregnant with our second child, Spencer. I carried him for nine months, and we were still doing Yellow Freight.
0: Shout out to Spencer. I couldn't get a hold of him on the phone. I I ran out of time. So, hey, wait a second. Yeah. Did Ron tell you about (laughs) this guy the other day when I was here? (laughs) He sure did. So, I'm in your. I'm literally in your kid. We're in your dining room of your house here, Mantica. And this gentleman showed up the other day when I was interviewing Ron. He's cleaning your pool. Yes, he's a pretty heavy set guy. He's, he's a, now outside he's the window, <laughs> and a pretty, pretty heavy set Hispanic guy. And when he bent over to uh, just say no, just say no to crack. No, he's not on. No, he's not on drugs. His butt. It, so, <laughs> so if Joan, I'm not going to face that way. No. But if I, I'm looking this. If Joan just starts laughing, you go ahead and let me know that so he, he is bending I, over I, and there's I, a bunch of crack out in the backyard. This is
1: why I've averted my eyes. <laughs>
0: We need to pull the drape. <laughs> That's what know, needs right? to happen. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. about so, your no, Go I, ahead. 86. Uh, Spencer just been, shout out to Spencer.
1: Yep. And um, had, so carried him, found out we were pregnant, carried him, delivered him, stayed home for maternity leave, came back. And I think it was my second city council meeting after returning from maternity leave. Uh, so that would have been the end of 87, maybe beginning of 88.
0: Man, Tika didn't want him there because too much traffic on the bypass. Yeah, at that, and, Was it still okay. the death pass then?
1: I mean, it was starting to be seen as that already back in 87.
0: Yeah, They really fixed all that. Yeah. I think they fixed except for the neck at, at 120.
1: Which is fascinating to watch about 5 o'clock every afternoon. It's horrible. It's
0: crazy. Is there a camera? You guys get to watch that? No, actually, oh,
1: okay. uh, the gym's out over that way. And so oh. when we're oh, oh. running outside and you look up, it's like, oh, look. Oh, you're, be, you're one of those out there. It must be 5
0: o'clock. By the Crossroads Church. <laughs> yes. That's your spot out yes. there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Didn't land yellow freight and they went to Tracy. We just couldn't make work, huh?
1: Just couldn't. You know, Ron wasn't off the mark. We had a lot of old-time Manteca family families that would have in- impacted their properties and they spoke loudly. They just weren't ready yet. Right. All in
0: due time. Your brother Frank. Yeah. I spoke with him a little bit. Um, I asked him what kind of
5: person you were. Joan is a very successful-minded person who... Knows how to achieve goals. Always admired these things about her. Uh, She's always been driven with her job in the city, with her family, and enjoys her grandchildren very much. She loves her friends. She loves her family. And she would be there in a heartbeat. And has always been one to stand up for her beliefs, no matter if they are popular or unpopular. And she would support anybody she believes in. Um, She is very steadfast in these, just like our father was.
0: Your dad, huh?
1: Yeah.
5: Go back to when we were small children. I would say I was no more than four or five years old. And she was at that time when well, she'd have been about 10, maybe nine. One morning as a weekend, we were all getting ready to eat breakfast. And I look out our back window and there was this strange looking animal eating out of our dog's dish. Little did I know it was called a Tyra as a member of the weasel family, but bigger kind of between a, a weasel and a badger. So I let it in the house and it proceeded to run all over the place. We were having breakfast at the kitchen table. The Tyra jumped on the kitchen table, ran all around it, jumped in the middle of the plate of bacon on there, and poked in the bacon, jumped off the table, (laughs) ran across the counter, shredded the paper towels, and as we were running in terror for our parents' bedroom, Joan somehow got left behind. And I can remember I got in the, the room and shut the door, and I hear, wait, and I open the door, and there is Joan running full speed, what seemed like for six miles. <laughs> uh, Bell bottom jeans and long hair flying, and that crazy Tyra weasel animal after her. So uh, we got in the bedroom, slammed the door, and our dad took care of the rest. Uh, but uh, I, it's just a vision. I'll never forget. Funny now, not so much at the time though. Not so much at the time.
1: Oh my God, no. Thank God for super bell bottoms. Thank <laughs> God for super bell bottoms because that's what those claws got hold of as he was opening the door to let me jump into the bedroom. And it was a full on jump in and on the bed as he slammed you the door. You just put your arms closed.
0: out like Superman oh. when you said jump. Oh
1: yeah, I, I was absolutely, I was flying. Absolutely. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a classic.
0: No, no, I think I had a classic, actually. Wait, where's...
3: Oh, there's probably a ton of things, but I I, uh, don't have to be funny or anything about this, but we dated for six years prior to getting married, and when we went to the Love Chapel to get married, (laughs) the Reverend Love, we got lucky to get the owner of the chapel marrying us. And, uh, you know, when they give you the old, you know, do you take, well, he said, Ron, do you take Joanne <laughs> to be your wife? And the first thing in my mind was, who the hell is Joanne? And and, and seriously, because in six years, I never knew what Joan's real name was. Not a lot until of talking. The day it sounds that I like... her. And I was like, <laughs>
1: I suppose
3: I've (laughs) never heard anybody call you Joanne and part of that as as years go by you know who people we've known forever and you know people who are like business acquaintances because they call her Joanne because it's all official uh, name and uh, that type of thing.
0: Who calls you Joanne?
1: Anyone I went to school with from kindergarten to the eighth grade.
0: Okay, because, so K through eight, you were Joanne. Yeah. Okay.
1: So literally, it some happened somewhere in high school. I have
0: no clue who where. started
1: started it. I I don't know, <laughs> and then, it, yeah, it's just stuck, and that's how I introduce myself. People see my name and they'll say, "So is it Joanne?" Well, yeah, but you say Joe. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: That's a little fun. You
0: had me confused. Yeah. Right. I went on Facebook and then I put the two ends, or the two ends, and Ron goes back up and then he starts jiving. I'm like in my head, I'm like, well, I screwed up because I got the email address and I think that there's the two. I don't. And then he's like making it when I come over here. He goes, oh, I'm just making a joke. Her name's Joanne. <laughs> oh, ha-ha. And then I find out he doesn't know no, for not. six and a half years that you date and then the <laughs> Reverend Love says Joanne and he looks huh? who's, huh? who's
1: that? You huh? got the wrong party.
3: <laughs> I got the nickname. Of Mister International, and that's a that's a another thing you'll know. Like I said, uh, by her name from Joan to Joanne, the old city clerks, the new ones have no idea I'm Mister International. But you know clerks that have been there for a long time because they call me still Mister International.
5: <laughs> He's a character. Yeah, he is. He's a
0: character. He's a he's the character of the Tiltons, I it, think.
1: Especially with a fa- when he has an audience.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'd fight for Mike's space, I could tell. It's I me and him. Thank you, Mike. We'd have to fight for Mike's <laughs> space. You couldn't let him in. We had to tell him to leave so we could start the broadcast. I <laughs> he think he was to. gonna sit down and butter up this uh snow leopard or whatever this is on your the
1: snow leopard. Whatever
0: this is on the table. I'm, I will get a picture, so oh, there'll be yes. a picture posted of this for sure. It
1: is picture-worthy.
0: Ronnie, is there anything that you've never told?
3: Really, I'd like to tell her... I, I've never said, uh, you know, thanks for the ride. you, you got to remember one thing about Joan. Joan is... You know, you hear all these things about um, local girl, local guy, made good, all that kind of thing. This Joan... You have to remember was born, raised, educated, and worked her whole life in Manteca, and retired from it, and and had one job for thirty-five years, um, and and uh, thirty-two of it was city clerk, twice the number of years any uh, clerk had been in in this town. Truly. Thanks for the ride. Uh, I mean, because uh, I went, all the conferences, all those type of things, I've been introduced to people all over the world. And they love us. One of the reasons the people who live overseas love us, because I said this at Jones Retirement Party, they hang with us because they know after class and all that's done, we like to party. So they always (laughs) would say, Where are
0: you guys going? It's like, I like my Jesus to party. It's like (laughs) Will Ferrell in Talladega Nights. I like my Jesus to party. We we (laughs) like to party. Mr. International.
1: Mr. International.
0: Thanks for the ride.
1: That's um, I like it. It has
6: been a ride, that's for sure.
0: Karen, what kind of gal is Joan?
6: What kind of gal is Joan Tilton? She's a leader. She's a leader in every aspect of her life. She is an incredibly strong person, both both physically and emotionally. She extremely, extremely hardworking. She's a woman that is so full of grace and wisdom and truly understanding. Um, She, Joan, is such a compassionate person. She's very loving, she's honest, she's focused, she's extremely well-respected and quite honestly driven like no one I know. She's amazing. She's very well rounded. You know, at age sixty, she just recently retired from many years as our city city clerk here in the Antica.
0: You guys are very close.
1: We have a lot of fun history.
0: Yeah, and you wouldn't give me a name of somebody that said, "Oh, you know, Jones and Osano." <laughs> well, there's that, right? You can give me. Didn't, I, I could give you, you, you can a give me some num- numbers and names of people that might have spoke differently. You know, when I'm doing this, that's what I get. It's almost like it feels like a eulogy. Yeah, tons of memories.
6: You know, it's when we both played for for Miss Goff. Lorraine Goff was about four foot two, uh, nah. maybe a hundred pounds, soaking wet. Come on, she demanded respect. Either the gals left her or did not like her so much. You know, the greatest thing about Joan and Miss Goff, I think they pretty much were eye to eye. And I think that's probably the only one in school that Joan was eye to eye with was Lorraine Goff because they're about the same size. And I can hear it like it was yesterday, scream at the top of her lungs, out on the softball field, Fails, stop, (laughs) like that. That seems like yesterday. That is such a fond memory that I have.
0: I was so scared of Miss Goff.
6: She could be scary. You have She's to, scary to the
0: boys for to sure. You bring her some
6: M&M's. Oh,
0: M&M's. was that <laughs> it? <laughs> she Stop! W- what was she stopping you from?
1: <clears throat> Probably from swinging the bat. Oh, okay. Uh, from the third base coach's box, she was always tugging on the ear, which meant bunt, And I don't know, we're playing fast pitch softball. I don't want to put my hands out there and bunt, but um, she was pretty certain that I was going to bunt because I had to get on base because Karen was our cleanup batter and she was going to drive me home as she always did. But, um, oh, you know, maybe I talked a little too much when she was trying to coach us. Could have been things like that. She knew my name because we heard it often.
0: (laughs) Karen's there's something you never told her.
6: I discussed this 52 year friendship that uh, I cherish. And I cherish it for so many reasons. One, just because I just feel blessed to call Joan my friend. Um, but another is, is what developed from our friendship. Part of that is seeing our moms. You know, our moms would be sitting on the sidelines and they sat together every single game. And they truly were our biggest cheerleaders. That relationship, continued until my mom passed six years ago. But then Steven and Spencer met one another. Their freshman year in high school immediately became best friends. This had nothing to do with Joan and I. And at age 34, my son is 34. I know Spencer will be 34 in August. They to this day are best of friends. And it continues. They both had boys and now their two sons are great friends. This is a friendship that few get to experience where it reaches so many generations. Joan, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate how you inspire me to remain fit, to stay fit, to work hard, to commit myself to that. I thank you. For being there on those difficult, difficult days um, that I felt like I couldn't take another breath. I love you. I love that husband of yours. I love your family. And I thank you for all of my cherished, cherished memories. You take care, care girl. Okay. Ah.
0: Breathe yeah. it out, breathe it out. Yeah, we're pretty- thank you, Karen.
1: Pretty connected.
0: (laughs) Brings up your kids. Yeah. Wow. When was Ronnie born? 1983, March 24th,
1: 1983.
0: Is he an Aries? No. Yes, he is. I'm March 30. Yep. I'm an Aries. Yes, he is.
7: I'm Ron Tilton, eldest son of Ron and Joan Tilton. Yep. What kind of gal is Joan? She is a determined and hardworking professional person. That can be seen not only in her personal life with her CrossFit endeavors, it can also be seen in the uh, online classes she's providing for um, city officials right now. I'd have to say the memories that stand out are late night aerobic routines. So my mom has taught aerobics <laughs> since I can remember. Some say she was teaching a class when she went into labor with me. And I can remember as I'm going to sleep every night after my mom had been out all day working or do whatever, uh, she'd come home and write new routines for her classes, whether it was regular aerobics or water aerobics. And I can still remember at like 9.30 at night hearing kickball chain and grapevine left. (laughs) And to this day, I still tell that story to my kids.
0: He doesn't know those are square dance calls, does he? (laughs) Did you know those those are square dance calls? Don't tell him. Those are square dance calls. (laughs) Now, did you think that he's got that stowed away in his head? That's what, when I ask him to bring up a memory, that's the memory he comes up with.
1: I'm, I'm not surprised. Okay. Um, he and Spencer both probably could have taught my classes for me. Um, I You know, truthfully, did I think they were paying attention? No. But they've they've uh, punked me a few times over the years at different events by pulling out one of my old aerobic routines and nailing it. So I'm not surprised that's the memory that he has.
7: <laughs> Ronnie says something about your pet peeve here. Mom cannot leave a mess on a counter. After a party, small family gathering or even just having people over, you can almost be guaranteed that it'll be cleaned within 15 to 20 minutes after the event finishing.
0: Well, I mean, that's a clean kitchen. It's very spotless. I can see it from here. Thank you very much. It's very spotless.
7: She is not afraid of much, but uh, spiders are a no-go in her house. So as kind and gentle as she may be to other woodland creatures, spiders do not get the same benefit.
0: Does she have a hidden talent?
7: I believe friends and family will know and close friends. But not everybody knows that my mom has an amazing singing voice. And she's also an accomplished piano player. And if you ask her, she can play the hell out of a tambourine. But music was always encouraged in our house as we were children, when we were children. And um, I still have extremely fond memories of listening to my mom play piano and sing songs. And my kids now get to enjoy that as well.
1: I play the piano well enough to drive everyone else out of the house, so I can do it by myself.
0: You can play that thing over there. Uh-huh.
1: You can play it. So, think you have
0: one, so I, you can play. It.
1: I I can. Uh, again, not I not as well as he makes it sounds like I can, but um, that is was a gift. That was my eighth grade graduation gift from a neighbor that really? lived across the street from my parents. Um, She signed me up for piano lessons at age nine, and I practiced every day at her house. She was like another grandma to me, um, and just a neighbor, but like another grandma. And eighth grade, I came home from um, Sherry Snyder's house, Mayor Jack Snyder's youngest daughter. We were very good friends, and was coming home on my bike, and I saw this piano being wheeled across the street to my house, and that was my graduation gift for the eighth grade. She gave it to me.
0: Who? What's her name? Lucille Carter. Okay, Lucille. Yeah. Um,
1: She's no longer with us, but she was a a fantastic lady. And I only wish I had taken lessons longer. And I'm sure everyone else in my house wishes I had taken lessons longer.
0: (laughs) Who's this right here? Go
8: ahead. Yeah. It's Jeff Tilton. I'm a retired educator who happens to be the brother-in-law to Joan Tilton. When I think of Joan, I think as a person who is selfless someone who is motivated and dedicated who is a wonderful wife a wonderful mother a wonderful grandmother and a wonderful friend a wonderful family member it just the wonderful stuff just keeps going on and on and on that is
0: wonderful that's wonderful that is wonderful
8: What I know true about Joan is she is highly competitive, but she sure knows how to mask it, unless she's in a competitive arena, like her uh, CrossFit work. Uh, Before that, it was her marathon work. Before that, it was really being a great teacher with aerobics uh, inside the gym and inside the swimming pool. So um, that's essentially the true Joan that I know The other part is she's a great, 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 great cook Um, from bakery items to just Portuguese beans. Uh, anything that she touches, you know it's going to be high-quality stuff uh, coming from her kitchen. And at the same time, while she's in the kitchen, um, she has this sense of inviting folks to join her in the kitchen while she's cooking. And there's guaranteed laughs that are going to occur anytime you're uh, in Joan's kitchen while she's cooking.
0: And that's one of the ways you get people to help you do those dishes, too, on top of that, right? Inviting in the...
8: Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>
0: What's Jeff like as a brother-in-law?
1: He is the quiet Tilton. There is such a thing. He is the quiet Tilton, but his wit is
0: uh, yeah, he's sharp.
1: Uh, he's just sharp. He he's always uh, he is the adventurous Tilton. He doesn't sit still long or let moss grow anywhere. Um, I admire things that he's done in the world of education and. Th- breaking the traditional models of education to try to, uh, give kids better opportunity. And I admire him greatly for that.
0: Freshman football coach. We showed up to the locker room. You know what he did to us that freshman year? I
1: can only imagine. He
0: shaved our heads. (laughs) Anybody game for shaving heads and all of us raised our hands. And if he didn't take the Clippers out and shave our heads right there on the spot.
1: I think he probably learned that from his father. I think that was a, a, a senior Tilton uh, oh, okay. standard. I yeah. think Paula was the only one who made away, made out with never having her head shaved.
8: <laughs> the uh, greatest personal memory that I can share about uh, Joan also includes me. Uh, we were freshmen in high school. This is uh, kind of a strange story. Okay. We were freshmen in high school. We were on a Block M field trip if you want to call it that block m was um, a club at our high school um, was comprised of athletes student athletes who had earned their block m letter but uh, even if you didn't earn your block m letter um, you were welcome into the club so the club would have these occasional field trips to sporting events usually in oakland the golden state warriors the oakland a's etc one uh game was in oakland and uh Joan I'd never met her before she was sitting behind me uh, on the bus with another uh, student I, I don't know who she who she was I cannot remember <clears throat> but it ended up being that for some strange reason on that trip Joan and I ended up holding hands um, it, it's something that we laugh about now uh, and then we went on with our life uh, and for the next 40 some years she ends up marrying my brother and yeah that that was kind of a strange deal uh, but we laugh about it now and, um, we all, we always have laughed about it, uh, but that's, uh, probably one of the strangest memories that I have about Joan.
1: <laughs>
0: what do you remember about that? Just like that?
1: I remember it just like that. I'm trying to remember who the other, uh, female was that was sitting in the seat and I can't either. I can kind of see an image, but yeah, I'm not putting a, a face or a name with it. Yes. Strange moment. <laughs> um, Life takes some some crazy turns. Um, I'm and I'm shocked that he does remember that.
8: <laughs> uh. the things about Joan that I, I know is that you know she was the city clerk for the city of Manteca for for decades, and you know the city was lucky to have her. They clearly have not been able to replace the high quality work that that she provided for for the city of Manteca for all those uh, city council. Uh, members during all that time and and the guidance and support that she provided with her co-workers from any department throughout the city and she was the face of Manteca and uh, that's kind of hard to to find these days especially under the current situation with the city of Manteca with its leadership there she was something special when she was employed at the city of Manteca and she retired after all those decades there all her accolades have been well 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 deserved no doubt
0: do you miss it? Because I know you've got something going on now in your life where you're training people to do the job that you did somehow. Explain what you're doing right now after you retired. Hey, I got to get retired so I get to work. Let me get retired so I get to work. You're not the first.
1: You know, that wasn't the plan. There was always a plan to um, work our plan to retire when we turn 55. And I'm proud to say that we, we were able to work that plan. Do I miss the day-to-day work? No. Do I miss... The Karen McLaughlins, the May Hams, that's her name, Mayhem, not Mayhem. Um, the, those people, <laughs> I, I miss. Him. We worked, yes, we worked together for over 30 years together. I miss that. I do miss helping the public. But um, to become a certified municipal clerk, you have to attend a specified training program. And it takes a few years to do this. I was getting ready to retire. One of the institute directors contacted me and said, "Look, I'm trying to retire for the second time. I really think you'd be perfect for this job. You should try it." No, I don't think so. I'm not retired yet. I need to figure out what that feels like first. Well, clearly that thought passed, and I accepted the job. So I retired one day with the city, and the next day was on a plane, an airplane ride to Washington. Um, to work with the clerks of Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. Interesting, interesting life in Alaska. Um, So I I put together an education and certification program for those clerks, and I make sure they're getting the education that they need uh, that's set out in a statute. And um, I get to stay involved with the pieces of the job that I loved. And if I can give any of my experience to up and coming clerks to make their job, make them, help them see that it's a career and not just a job. Um, I'm happy to do that and I am enjoying it. So it's going on five, five and a half years of that. And I actually love it because it is a part-time gig. I get to do most of it from home and then I get to travel. You know, what, what, what could be better than that?
0: Charlie Halford retired in the next day. He took the job as the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club. That's out of the frying pan and sort of into the fryer.
1: Yeah, managing
0: yeah. something like that—that that yeah. can't be too easy. Charity like that.
1: But I wasn't surprised that Charlie did that at all.
0: His, you know, that the the that his number one fun of the city council meetings is to be able to sit next to you. He told me.
1: Oh, we had a blast.
0: <laughs> he goes, Anne. You know, I get to sit next to Joan Tilton every night. <laughs> he didn't call you Joanne, so he doesn't nope. know you quite that nope, well. Nope, but, but
1: he knows the story. But oh, <laughs> wait. Sometimes the, the only way to get through the meeting was having Charlie uh, there. And we would, you know, in the day before. Charlie Alfred
0: is on the city council now. He was our former chief of police.
1: Former chief of police. And I watched him come up through the ranks also as a police officer, yep. um, have some great stories. We've we lived through some crazy times uh, with council meetings, sitting there until three o'clock in the morning sometimes. Uh, and then having the conversation about, well, it looks like it's time to go home and have tequila and ice cream after a 3 a.m. ending meeting. So (laughs) that's a shout out to Charlie. (laughs) And then be back at 8. Right. Absolutely.
4: Karen. Owen is an incredible singer, not just a karaoke singer like a lot of people claim to be good singers. She is a fabulous singer. I have been married now 30 three years, going on 34 years. I had just met Joan um, maybe a year before my wedding and she sang at my wedding. Uh, and not only sang beautifully at my wedding, but my brother, who also sang with her, changed the words to a very traditional wedding song uh, that they sang at our wedding. And Joan had <laughs> sung this song many, many times at other weddings and told her that day. They met the day of the wedding. Joan handled it with grace and uh was flawless in it. I think she might have been humming part of that time that tune because she was used to the other words. But she has a beautiful singing voice. She says that she uh, Bob's and my wedding is probably one of her few success stories. She has sung it at a number of weddings and I don't think they've been overly successful. So I'm happy that she was able to participate in that. It's true. Karen McLaughlin. What kind of gals Karen?
1: She is hmm how do you say one of the most genuine, authentic people I know? Um, intelligent. However, she makes you feel like the smartest person in the room. Um,
0: you got a little bit of that too, probably.
1: You know, sometimes it's the school of hard knocks that teaches you it's, it's better to give people a little grace For than sure. uh, let them know what they don't know. Sometimes they find their way. <laughs> um, she's a true friend. Um, she's a travel buddy. She and her husband, Bob, are travel buddies in retirement um, and I met Karen when she was a Cub reporter at the Manteca Bulletin, and she was covering City Hall. And she was one of the first reporters, I can maybe one of the only reporters I can truly say, that had integrity. And if you said off the record, it truly was off the record. And if it was something she knew she needed to use, um, she would stop you and she would let you know that and um, make you feel totally comfortable with how she was gonna use it.
4: What else you got, Karen? She is committed to her community. I'm so happy she was inducted into the Hall of Fame. um, A few years back, she represents everything a community leader should be honest, full of integrity, commitment. She truly deeply cares about Manteca. It's been her home for her whole life. She has made so many great friends and family and and even beyond Manteca, she has extended her name out into just a huge community of public servants. I just really respect her and admire her for that level of commitment. She's not afraid to take anything on. She's a great friend. It's one of my best friends, and always will be, and I I only wish good things for her. One, I have a daughter who's 31 now, but when I was pregnant with her, I didn't find out what the sex was going to be of the baby. And I was in my office one day going through a baby book. Mind you, this was pre-internet, so we had books with babies' names. And I was going through this book of names, trying to figure out what we were gonna name the child. We had already decided if it was a girl, it was going to be Amy. Uh, but if it was a boy, we weren't sure. So I was still trying to find a name for a boy. And Joan walks into my office and she says, oh, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I have this book of baby names. I'm trying to figure out a baby name. And she says to me, oh my gosh, please, whatever you do, if you have a girl, do not name her Amy. <laughs> I just looked up at her and she lit. And with this gasp on my face and she looks and she goes, Oh my god, that's the name you already picked, oh. isn't it? And I said, Well, for a girl, we already decided on Amy. We are trying to decide on a boy's Way name. So What do you have against the name Amy? Well, my son, he has a lot of girls in his class that are named Amy and they all seem to have attitude. <laughs> but I'm sure you'll, yours will be fine. Well, how are you going to spell it? <laughs> oh, and I yeah. said, A-M-Y? And she says, well, that's good because all these, all these other girls with attitude have their names spelled, you know, E-M-I-G-H and E-I-M-E-E. So at least you're spelling oh, it yeah. normally. And to this day, whenever Joan comments on something on a Facebook page of mine or that my daughter sees or that Joan reaches out to my daughter for her birthday. She'll say, hi, Amy, and put it, you know, A-M-M-M-M-M-Y-Y-Y-Y or E-E-E-E. It's the standing joke between the two of them that my daughter has the one name that Joan didn't want me to pick for a girl.
0: What did you think when she said that? Oh, did your I stomach can't. drop?
1: My stomach dropped. And then my, you, still my you, you still ran with well,
0: it, though. You still ran with it.
1: I was scrambling. That was called a scramble. I was, oh, I knew pivot. just b- the look on her. Yes, pivot. <laughs> pivot. Yeah. Um, yes. So Amy and I have great fun with that all these years later. <laughs>
4: Open mouth, insert foot, all the way up to knee. (laughs) (laughs) One time, Joan and I were at a work conference in Long Beach. And it was evening. It was after the conferences, after dinner. And we were just walking around Long Beach. And we thought, you know what? We would love to go find a place that has scotch and cigars. So we were just walking around. We found this old hotel in Long Beach called this I think it was the Sky Lounge. Somebody had said the Sky Lounge has uh, cigars and they have a patio up on the roof where you can go smoke cigars and have scotch. So we thought, well, that sounds like fun. So we go there and it's this old hotel. In fact, I don't even think it's open anymore, but they had a case of a cigar case. When you first walked in, there's literally one cigar left in it. And so we said, all right, well, we'll take the one cigar and just share it. So we got a couple of scotches. I mean, this is like old Long Beach, people doing ballroom dancing inside the restaurant area. So we go to get on the elevator and it's, they have an elevator operator with a top hat and tails and everything. And he takes us up up to the uh, rooftop and it's a very narrow walkway around it. But there are a couple of chairs and a table where we sat and we just, we had our scotch and we had our one cigar. And we were just sitting there, just enjoying a little time looking out at Long Beach and this couple comes up and they're walking around the rooftop and they come up to us and they set, they see us sharing the cigar, having our own scotches. But sharing a cigar and they looked at us and they said you two ladies are the cutest couple ever you're just adorable sitting up here you know older than they were for sure sharing their your your drinks and your cigar you know have a great evening and they left and we looked at each other and just started laughing going oh my god they think we're a couple up here enjoying our scotch and cigar so we used that quite a bit um just for our little getaway time it was it was a fun funny adventure
1: you know, we, so we just leaned in after that. Um, it was awesome. I, again, the look on the face for for both of us, I, I I don't even know if they recognized it. They were very polite, very friendly, and they moved right along. And we just uh, laughed and laughed. And to
4: this day, we still laugh about this.
0: I asked Karen what you're scared of. The ocean.
4: She's not overly comfortable in water, generally. I mean, she's a good swimmer, she's but she's just... Um, a little bit afraid of deeper water or really moving water, fast moving water. We were in Hawaii one time, and she and Ron were out in the surf on Maui. You know, there were some decent waves crashing, and we had told her whatever you do when you're walking out there, just just don't turn your back to the ocean. Just always <laughs> be aware, because you know the waves come in at different heights and strengths. And she was out there in the water, and I don't know if what if I said something to her or what, but she turned away from the beach or away from the ocean um, and looked up toward the beach and this rogue wave came and <laughs> knocked the poor little thing over. And she got up. She was very flustered, but, you know, she she stayed in the water for just a little bit longer. But from that point on, it was our standing joke. You know, whatever you do, do not turn your back on the ocean. But she's a little bit afraid of swimming. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a swimmer. She had often said she wanted to do one of those triathlons where somebody does a different leg of the race and she said she could bike and run but I would be the swimmer we never did but I can see her never being the swimmer in that in that event
1: I'm okay in a pool I'm okay there's something about that ocean water love it um and
0: I don't like any water I can't see through
1: thank you I don't like
0: that's what I don't
1: that's probably a big part of it
0: um my my wife come out and she complained that the kids swim we got our grandkids swim swimming pool out in the back and she comes out she goes there's dirt on top of it (laughs) (laughs) a damn lake the other day
1: (laughs)
4: Yeah. Peeing in the
0: lake.
1: And yeah, right? Yeah.
4: Naturally, Karen, you've watched her work. Tell me. Yes, I've watched Joan work uh, tirelessly. Uh, we had city council meetings that would go till three in the morning, and we were back by eight o'clock the next morning. I've seen her work so hard running elections uh, and taking the heat when election results don't come in when people want them to or expect them to, but it's, you know, the county runs those, so they were always out of her hands, but she took the heat for it. Um, Having to deal with difficult um, city managers, city council members, but always just the pillar of truth and strength and commitment. She's, like I said, she's just, she's the one you want running your business. She holds integrity fiercely close. She believes in doing the right thing all the time, even when people aren't watching, but especially when people aren't watching, it's just the right thing to do. She has uh, integrity and commitment in her family, in her friends, in her work, in her profession. She's incredibly truthful and honest and doesn't understand why other people can't be because it, it's a very simple thing to do, but it's also a fiercely critical thing for her.
0: Say some.
1: Elections were intense. I, you know, <clears throat> understand the politics of it all, but there is a process.
0: What don't people know about that?
1: What they don't know is. There are safeguards in place. There is a process. There are checks and balances. Um, It's not as easy to manipulate as some might believe. I know there's a lot of mistrust out there. Um, The best thing they could ever do, volunteer to work at an election, work at a precinct, um, work at the county registrar voter's office helping count the ballots, just to help reestablish your faith in the process or to totally shake it because honestly, it's kind of a, a, a simple process, really. Um, but the best way to learn about it is actually to volunteer to, to work. Um, yeah.
0: And then you also work with-
1: My sister-in-law, she is a colleague. She was a city clerk for years also.
2: My name is Shalice Tilton. Hey, Shalice. I am Joan's sister-in-law. Right. We've been sister-in-laws for 12 years- and I have known Joan for 27 years. I first met Joan as a city clerk. She was going through a trainer of trainer programs and I was the trainee. So when you ask what kind of gal Joan is, what you see is what you get. She's this little bundle of energy. I think I first learned her nickname was Turbo Tilton early on and she lives up to that name. Always smiling, always so well put together with the great clothes, hair, her nails, just always looks great and uh, always ready to go. Do you have a personal memory with her, Chalice? A great personal memory about Joan, I guess would probably have to be the way I met my husband, was through Joan. Um, Joan is a blast to hang around, everyone knows that. So is her husband, Ron. And because I knew her for all these years in the city clerk realm, and we would travel across the United States, actually across the Western United States for various city clerk conferences and trainings, I would get to know her, got to know Ron, and because she was so great, I always want to be around her. I guess uh, when I found out that Ron was having his 50th birthday party, I thought, that's something I can't miss out on. And so I called her up and I said, hey, Joan, um, I didn't get an invite to Ron's birthday party. She said, do you wanna come? And I said, I absolutely wanna be there. And she goes, come, it's gonna be a great time. And that's just the way Joan is. Joan is always welcoming, always, uh, you know, hey, the more the merrier, let's all have a good time. And we always do. Not very many people realize uh, at the state level, how much work Joan did for the city clerk profession and for local government. We worked on legislation and she also has really played a significant role in how city clerks are certified, not just in California, but internationally, throughout the United States and internationally. And she still today works on that certification and is always updating it and making sure that these city clerks are getting trained in the best possible way. Well, tell me about Shalise.
1: As she mentioned, we met each other in the city clerk world. And when she first came on the scene, I saw this tall, blonde, which is everything that I'm not, and and well-spoken and funny person. And I thought, hmm, I want to get to know her. And just after a few minutes, we just clicked. um, And then we, together, she and I have done training, uh, worked as co-trainers together. Um, She now even helps me with the institute that I run for the Northwest Clerks Institute. Um, Her experiences uh, and just her style of of engaging people, really lend well to that training um, and developing professionals. Um, We've had some good times. Conferences, as she mentioned, um, thinking of a couple times in Monterey. We used to have an annual conference the California clerks did in Monterey. Lots of good times there. Lots of dancing. Um, I think her city, uh, Buena Park, where she was city clerk, they actually had a Dancing with the Stars and with local government officials and other, you know, business owners. And Shalice was one of uh, the, the dancers. I think that's what they called it. I mean, complete with the, the uh, ball gown and, and the whole bit. Um, fantastic dancer. Remember another time? Whew, it was a clerk's uh, goal setting session for the clerk board. And we went out Dancing, a small group of us broke off after at, in the evening in San Francisco. That actually, Oakland? it might have been oh, might have been in Oakland. Oakland Ellen and I
2: after a particularly difficult training session in Oakland, and it was one of those times when the group just was divided, and so we had a really tough couple of days. And so we all decided we would go out and just set aside the work and just enjoy ourselves that evening in Oakland. Work hard, play hard with you, isn't it, Joan? Isn't it? It it appears to be so. So, there was about five of us that went out. We borrowed someone else's car and we went, started off at a really nice restaurant. Then we heard music, went to that place, heard more music, went to that place, heard more music, went to another place, had a great time. When the night was done, we went to get in our car, car actually the borrowed car, and found out the uh, garage was closed. It shut down at a certain time and we had no clue that was gonna happen. So here we found ourselves very late in the evening in a part of Oakland that we probably should not have been and ended up at a chicken and waffle shop and some very nice man kind of took us under his wing and called the cab and got us back to the hotel. Well, where of course we had to tell the person that we borrowed their car that the good news is we know where your car is. The bad news is we're not gonna be able to get it till the morning. Was that the story you're about to tell me?
1: Yes, that is exactly the story I was going to share with you.
0: Uh, so when we're done with the work today, we're in Long Beach, it's Scotch, Scotch if and we're cigars. in Oakland, screw it, it's chicken Chick- and waffles. Chicken and waffles. <laughs> we're going we're to get the most dangerous part of Oakland.
2: <laughs> Not one of our smarter moves.
0: Shalise, is there something you've never told Joan?
2: Something that I've never told Joan that I would like to say is that from the time I met Joan, there was just something about her that I knew we were going to be lifelong friends. Um, and we were, and we are, and we always will be. But what I didn't know is we were gonna be lifelong sisters. Joan and I have just always clicked. I'm sure a lot of people say that about Joan, um, but she's just always so welcoming. I I miss not living next to her. I I'll often tell her I need some therapy where she would come sit at the at the counter in my kitchen, I'd cook, we'd have a bottle of wine and just, Talk it all out while the guys are on the back porch smoking cigars. And she's just a great friend. And I'm proud to call her my sister.
4: Awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: So, what do you want to tell people? Something like, when the ambulance goes through town, do they flicker the light so the stoplight changes for them to go through?
1: The opticon.
0: Okay, so th- what else don't people know? Tell us another little secret that you within your bounds of something people don't know about a city.
1: I believe that there is a core of city employees that care much more about the city than people will give them credit for.
0: Why is that? Is the newspaper bad? The
1: sixth council member? One thing about local government, so city-level government is, it's it's the level of government that people can have the most impact and can, can touch. Um... The higher the levels, the farther away and removed you are. For example, if I could share this, we used to host often. Foreign exchange students would come, and families would host them in Manteca. And one of the first realizations as a city clerk that I had that I what I did was kind of special, or I was fortunate to do was we had these Japanese students. I want to say they were aged maybe 11 through 14-ish. And they always wanted to meet the mayor. And the mayor, we would prepare proclamations and we would give them city pins. Each and every one of those kids, so it was Jack Snyder, and I was still fairly new as a clerk, and every one of those kids, and there were probably 50 of them, would come up to him and they would bow. Um, he would reach out to shake their hand and they were just like in awe. you think they were meeting Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. I noticed it. And I asked one of their, someone who is responsible for them in the group, I asked them about that. And they said, because in their country, they do not have access to local government like this. They, they do not have the ability to speak to their right. leaders, right. as it were. And that kind of gave me a, a, a new perspective on city government and being accessible to the public, whether you are the garbage guy you know, driving the truck or you're the parks worker or you're a clerk taking people's utility bill payments. Um where the level of government that the city is that that people can actually touch and access, and that's that's pretty special.
0: They can touch. Yeah. Well, let's go touch Joan.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, well, there there are policies now.
0: <laughs> used to be a lot funner down at down at the clerk's office.
1: There's there's no doubt. <laughs>
0: I asked Charlie about uh, our downtown. His quick explanation was: If you're a restaurant, you're going to have to come in and you're going to have to retrofit this building so it works there's other things that keep people from coming down in there you as the city clerk is that why our downtown is nothing but smoke chops and tattoo studios and then it gets into traffic i understand the traffic becomes part Mm -hmm. of it charlie explained um, where are we going to route traffic run a road down the railroad tracks you know what the the auto glass place maybe is Mm -hmm. the affected one Doesn't someone take it for the team for something like that eventually? When can this town turn the circle? What's the tipping point? What's the tipping point? Because it's gotten, that's not, it's my town. Uh, I'm not afraid of this town. This town is different. Drugs are not new. There were drugs in the 80s when I was going to high school. I'm, I'm not so sure that drugs are the reason. But this, the COVID fiasco, the homeless, the way not to treat the homeless. But then our town doesn't really have places downtown you know charlie goes people think downtown is by in and out you know or out True. By, or out by bass pro right they don't you know the downtown is downtown and you as the city clerk have you heard about it forever is it something that you deal with or is it not something you would deal
1: oh no with? well at being at the council meetings
0: people that are listening to the podcast want to know why our downtown isn't a little more beautiful
1: the the issue with not getting any momentum to move things forward and maybe make some changes downtown was um Absentee landlords, long-term property owners owning the property and living elsewhere. And as long as the storefront was rented, it, it it's all good. I don't have an answer for why it hasn't transitioned yet. There, there's a great little area down there. I think one thing with um, the pandemic and COVID is we're able to look at doing things differently because you're forced to. So starting to let um, some of the restaurants... Maybe that are away from the downtown area. I mean, take up space in the parking lot, or you know, do outdoor seating when normally that wouldn't be allowed. I think that that was a good catalyst for saying, "Look, we did that and it worked." So, what are some other options we might look at in changing our codes going forward? How can we loosen those restrictions, or um, you know, with conditions, allow that type of thing to give the business owner a little more freedom to do what they need to do to make their business more inviting. Right. Um, yeah. Downtown, it, it, it's a little sad right now when you drive through.
0: Is there a certain population threshold for businesses to come mm. to town?
1: Well, at one point in time in my career, I remember hearing when we hit 40,000 and then the, the number moved. Well, it was they're looking at towns of 60,000 and then, you know, towns uh, or cities of 60,000. And now is it of 75? You know, you didn't want too many Costco's in one area. Well, we can scratch that off. We now have a Costco everywhere, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Um,
0: there's not one fast food business downtown. True. We don't have a, sa- there's not a sandwich shop downtown. Yeah. The deli house.
1: Remember? Yeah,
0: I, rest day? in peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a good dude.
1: But um, you're right. No KFC. Um,
0: KFC would have been the closest. Mm-hmm. Well, they El Forestero or whatever it is now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's changed hands a couple Why times. Why
0: don't they, sh- can they shut down that road? could do whatever they want why don't they just put some concrete up and you don't drive that way anymore it, it would, and you bring people in and right it's like livermore
1: so right now we're all, all of our traffic engineers are going ah! you know wouldn't be the first time we've relocated a building uh for progress or well, a business
0: his, you know that was his one well i don't think the guys at don's mobile glass would like that very much well, well no i don't think anybody but i think for the for the good i don't mm-hmm. think any of those people wanted to move for the for anything out, you know,
1: at, at Lathrop in North Main—that's my example I had All in of my that, head. Right, mm-hmm. right. So sometimes for progress, we, the city, can do some negotiations. You ever see it coming? Do I see it happening? Recently in the newspapers, probably the most conversation I've seen about that closing it down, because we've talked about rerouting traffic before, but the idea of running a parallel—you know, blocking off Yosemite at one point and running something parallel to the tracks.
0: Yes. Gosh.
1: Maybe it's maybe it's time. Maybe that's the idea. However, you can study things to death. Yes. Somebody, somebody has to be bold enough to take the first step. Right.
0: And every consultant that's come through before has taken that money and that's it. They take the money and there's not much there.
1: And as they say, it sits on the shelf. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Let me ask you about the Great Wolf because I went there the other night mm-hmm. and I think, I don't think that people understand what, That place is. They didn't open Oakwood Lake back up. Okay. (laughs) This is not, it's an attraction, but the hotel is more of a convenience for travelers than this is a tourist stop. So the tourist attraction at Great Wolf is for the people staying there. You don't go to Las Vegas and give them 20 bucks and go down and play in the pool at the local hotel. Okay. So people get you see that in all the oh, I'm sick of all these groups on Facebook and everybody, "Oh, this is horrible. We can't go to the water slides." It's like Las Vegas. Yep. Now, Charlie enlightened me and said, "Hey, world travelers that want to come to Yosemite." Yeah. They're going to stay 90 minutes away. There's nowhere to stay there. 90 minutes. When people that travel the world have lots of money, okay? Yeah. They can afford those rooms because they're traveling the world. And if you're going to Yosemite and you got plenty of dough, why wouldn't you stay at Great Wolf if you have kids? Oh, right. I didn't think about it as a rest area for people coming through here to see what attractions we have or to right. be central in California. I understand that if the place isn't being used, you can buy a ticket and go in there. And But if we're not talking about the water slides, you can go in this place And it's got a Dunkin' Donuts. There was a steakhouse. There was a...
1: an ice cream shop. A
0: hamburger joint. Just all kinds of fun. This was a Monday night, and I saw people, world travelers. These weren't people from Manteca, and they're hanging around. These are world travelers relaxing in there, and the kids running around and having a hell of a time. This place is great. It's great for Manteca. They took a break getting them here, right? They're not going to take much money the first time. But boy, the taxes that come in off that yep. thanks to whoever was the catalyst of getting that done because it really was neat to go in there and see it. And people are going to be mad. Oh, come on, man. We want to go in there and check. Hey man, get a room, get a room, get up, oh, make more money, <laughs> go to water slides in Sacramento. Yep. Get a room. Hey, let, hey, Ron, let's open a water slide. Joan, let's open a, a couple tubes on 120 and call it the Manteca water, water slides. slides. <laughs> Why hasn't somebody done that?
1: You know, the city still gets calls up to my retirement date. We would still get calls wanting the phone number from Antigua water slides. And it had been closed for over 20 years. Why
0: hasn't somebody done that? Why hasn't somebody come in here and done that? I don't understand. Uh, well, you go to Fresno, they got one of those staircases to the sky with yeah. four water slides coming yeah. down. Boy, that would be something. <laughs> well, thank you for answering those questions. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It yeah, was thank fun. you
0: for having me into your place. I hope I was able to uh, make you smile. I appreciate everything you've done for my city. That's why I decided you is being part of it all these years, still doing the same thing down at the racquetball club. I'd be, and here come Joan and make a right turn and go into the aerobics class, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, we tried that for a couple minutes, but that wasn't going to work. You know, aerobics. Who'd I ever thought this was before CrossFit and MMA oh, yeah. and all of that stuff. Oh, well, yeah. You've been, been you out have out been while. doing that for a long been time. Out a while. So, yeah, you know, you go and you go, oh, well, look, there's Joan. Oh, she's lifting weights at the CalFit. Look at that. That doesn't surprise me at all. And that's what keeps you. And in addition to being the city clerk for so long, you're you. You're you. And you've always been you, regardless of being the city clerk. You still be on this podcast because you're you. They're the same person. I'm looking for those same people from back in the day. And that's what the podcast is about. So, thanks for having me here. Um, Is there anything you'd like to tell the people of Manteca?
1: In thinking about this, the people of Manteca, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to uh, raise a family. You know, come on in and stay a while.
0: So, the show is called the Man About Town Podcast, Manteca. And my name is Aaron Goodwin, also known as Randy Bubba Black. I do it in order to set a time in history. You make sure you add our page. Subscribe to our feed, share, tell a friend, find us exclusively on Anchor Podcast. I promise you a great guest every week for the next year. And I thank you for today's listen. The podcast is sole property of Aaron Goodwin. It may not be reproduced or distributed without written consent. All music used in the podcast is utilized and covered by Fair Rights Usage.